Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. Well, good morning. Oh, that was a very energetic good morning. People who know me well know that I would say good morning until I got one of those, so you saved some time. I greet you this morning on behalf of the 129 other congregations who, as Zion Stone UCC, make up the Penn Northeast Conference. We are in ministry together, and without each of us, without each individual and church, the ministry and missions of the Penn Northeast Conference could not be accomplished. I wanna thank you for your gifts to our church's wider mission. Without that, we could not fund the conference, nor could we support the national setting of the church. As Michael mentioned, I've only been here shortly after a year. I think November 1st made it 14 months, so soon to be 15 months. Throughout my time as your conference minister, I've been heartened by the people who have come forward to pitch in for the work of the conference. I've been blessed by the support of our authorized ministers. I felt energized by the willingness of individuals and congregations to share their passion and their faith, their knowledge and their wisdom, which is what the adult Sunday school class talked about today. See, I listened. In that spirit of gratitude and hope, I join you this morning to share with you an interpretation of the word. Would you pray with me, please? Holy One, be present with each and all of us this day. We have prayed prayers and sung songs. We have heard your word read to us. Now open our hearts so that your will and your wisdom might be instilled in us this day. Amen. This morning's readings seem very different, but to me they speak about the same beliefs and emotions. For me, all three readings speak about courage and hope. Now in the ongoing story of Naomi and Ruth, the women trust and hope. You remember that Ruth traveled from her own home and followed Naomi to Naomi's country. Now Naomi wants Ruth to be safe and cared for. So she sends Ruth to be encountered by Boaz so that she might actually be safe, to have a future in that time and place. And in case you've never been told the euphemism go and uncover his feet was code or go and lay down and have sex with him. Haven't talked about sex much in church, huh? The result of this action is actually to have Boaz take Ruth as his wife, and their descendant son, Obed, then became the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, who became the greatest king of Israel. The courage of one, the hope of one, led to joy and eventually the hope and survival of a nation. Now the second reading from Hebrews also speaks of courage and hope. 
Jesus came to the world to teach humanity how to be in relationship with God and with each other. How to, and he demonstrated for us so deep a relationship with God that he had the courage to go to the cross, not for his sin, but to save those who were eagerly waiting for him. Jesus died to offer a testament of love and forgiveness and to give hope to those of us who would follow the way of Jesus. Whole nations, communities of faith, strivers of justice renew their acts of kindness, justice, mercy, and love in the face of the acts of Jesus. The gospel lesson from Mark this morning is also about courage and hope. The widow acts with courage, a courage rooted in her faith in God and in God's gifts of abundance. She has the courage to risk all she has with the hope that God will continue to provide for her. Courage and hope. Today is officially Veterans Day, although many of us will celebrate the holiday tomorrow as a federal celebration of the day. Today we remember those who serve, the men and women who have and are and will be serving our nation in times of war and violence, in times of catastrophe and national crisis. Today we remember and honor those who act for our protection with personal courage and hope that their actions will protect us and our freedom. Veterans Day is not the same as Memorial Day. Both important, but not the same. Today we honor all veterans, living and dead, who serve but primarily those who have served in the U.S. military. How many of you gathered here are veterans? Would you please stand up as you're able? How many of you are the children or spouse of a veteran? Would you please stand up? I'll raise my hand, I'm already standing. I offer my thanks to you for all you have done for all you have sacrificed, and for our freedom. Clearly, you all acted in courage and in hope. You may be seated. Some years ago, I preached a sermon about Jesus calling us, in the Sermon of the Mount, to be peacemakers, peace builders in our world. Some of the most patriotic of my congregation felt I was being unpatriotic and not supporting our service men and women. Nothing could have been further from the truth. My dad served, my uncle served and died, my husband served, my son served and was serving then, and my first cousin served, and probably lots of other family that I don't even know. There's a history of service in my family. But to hope for peace, to act for peace, to build peace, 
That is not to dishonor those who serve, but to strive for a way to honor them and their service. At the end of 2017, there were 16.5 million male veterans and 1.6 million female veterans in the United States. Statistically, we are told that the number of female veterans will increase to 2.2 million and the number of male veterans will de decrease to 9.8 million by 2045. We need to honor our veterans, those who set aside some of their own personal goals to serve, to serve a nation that is often ungrateful and even unaware of the sacrifices they and their families are making. We honor their courage today. We hope for their survival and return home every day. Courage and hope. We live in times and in moments that need us to act in courage and hope. My friends, some veterans bear visible signs of their service, a missing limb, a jagged scar, a certain look in their eye, Others simply carry that evidence inside them, a pin holding a bone together, a piece of shrapnel in a leg, or perhaps another sort of inner steel, the soul's ally forged in the refinery of adversity. Except in parades, however, the men and women who have kept America safe don't wear badges and emblems. You can't tell a vet just by looking. For what is a vet? He might be the cop on a beat who spent six months in Saudi Arabia, sweating two gallons a day, making sure that armored personnel carriers didn't run out of fuel. He might be the barroom loudmouth whose juvenile behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery. Oops, sorry, I set my alarm. And I said it on purpose. A hundred years ago today, on November 11th, at 11 a.m., the treaty was signed to end World War I. It was to be the war that ended all wars. Let us take a moment of silence to reflect on how far we have come or not come in the last hundred years. I was talking about the loudmouth, whose juvenile behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery near the 38th parallel. She or he is the nurse who fought against futility and went to sleep sobbing every night for two solid years in Da Nang. He is the POW who went away one person and came back another or maybe didn't come back at all. He is the Quantico Bay drill instructor that has never seen combat, but has saved countless lives by turning slouchy, no account folk into Marines and teaching them to watch each other's backs. Avad is the parade riding legionnaire 
who pins on his ribbons and medals with a prosthetic hand. He's the career quartermaster who watches the ribbons and medals pass him by. He's the three anonymous heroes in the Tomb of the Unknown, whose presence at the National Arlington National Cemetery must forever preserve the memory of all the anonymous heroes whose valor might die unrecognized with them on the battlefield or in the ocean's depth. But we, we are called to act in courage and hope as well, just as Ruth did, just as the widow did. No matter our views on war and peace, no matter our hopes that there be no more war, we are called to act with courage and hope. We are called to act in courage and to speak out when our hard-won freedoms are at stake, when one or more of us are being asked to turn the other way as freedom is being denied, when mercy isn't offered, when health and welfare is being denied. That is when we, each of us, need to step out with courage to share the dream that is the United States, a dream built on the principles of hope. Hope that its citizens would be free to speak, to gather, to worship, to seek fulfillment as they pursue life and liberty and happiness. So what do we do? What do we people of faith do to honor those who served those who serve and those who die, and those who sacrifice everything. Well, let's think about that for a moment as we reflect on our scripture this morning. Naomi, more than anything, wanted Ruth to be safe, to be cared for, to not be alone. So she sent Ruth in search of Boaz so he would be her husband and protector. <coughs> Excuse me. Ruth acted in faith, listening to Naomi. She had the courage and the hope to move forward. When was the last time we spoke out to ensure the care and well-being of another? When was the last time we stepped up to do the uncomfortable or frightening thing to make the world better for someone else? That might be one way, one way to honor the courage and sacrifice of another by offering hope to someone, maybe even someone you don't know. In Hebrews, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, a sacrifice that brings us into a closer and different relationship with God and with one another. Jesus went to his death rather than fight back in ways that would have discounted his lessons of forgiveness and hope for the world and the future. <coughs> in effect, Jesus unlocks the requirement for us to forgive, to forgive all who have done us wrong, including those with whom we disagree or those who have hurt us the most. When was the last time we set aside a grudge and offered forgiveness to someone? Offered mercy and hope 
that the relationship might be rebuilt. That might be one way to honor the courage and sacrifice of Jesus by offering that same forgiveness and love. In Mark, we read of a woman, a widow with no power in her culture, who out of courage offers all that she has at the altar, trusting and hoping in God's care and abundance. When was the last time we stepped out to offer something to those who have the least, to those who are lost, alone, ill, imprisoned, homeless, or maybe just hopeless? Acting with God's grace and love might be one way to honor the courage and hope of the widow. It might. Caring for all, even those who can do nothing for us, would be a way to honor the widow's courage. Many this morning will use the text of the gospel, often called the widow's might, to encourage stewardship monetary gifts to the church. That's a good thing. For me, however, stewardship is about more than money. Stewardship is about care and protection, about honor and respect for all that is, all the gifts of God, all of creation, all that has been given to us. I want to ask you a simple question. For what did you give thanks this morning? What if everything you haven't yet given thanks for disappeared? How many of us would be breathing right now? How many of us would have family and friends, a job, a home, food, friends, someplace to eat? You see, stewardship is about much more than giving. Stewardship is about stepping out with courage and hope, acknowledging with gratitude all the gifts we have and moving to share those gifts with those among us, often the least among us. This Veterans Day, by all means, thank a serviceman or woman for their service. Thank a veteran for the sacrifice they made. But then, act on your freedom, the freedom they have protected, to act in courage to change what you see needs to be changed, and in the hope that when we act in love and grace, God is right there with us, changing the world. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. We have deep roots here in our community, and we predate the founding of the United States itself. If you're looking for a traditionally grounded, biblically faithful church, come visit us. We just might be the church you're looking for. If you'd like to email me, you can reach me at malandsman at gmail.com. Please be sure to check us out online, zionstoneucc.com, and check us out on Facebook at Zionstone UCC. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.